0: Welcome to the LU Moment. Thanks for listening. I'm Shelly Latanza, the Director of Public Affairs at Lamar University. Each week, we showcase the great events, activities, programs, projects, and people at Lamar University. LU is now in its second summer session, which is offered 100% online, and as we move toward the fall, we're hopeful to meet our students face-to-face, of course, the whole world is ready to mingle and gather and and just be done with this pandemic, right? Uh, However, at at LU, we are committed to the safety of our students and our faculty and staff, and we remain flexible about our fall plans. But any updates about the current pandemic and LU's decision-making regarding classes and schedules can be found at lamar.edu forward slash coronavirus. So check that out and uh, stay tuned for changes um, as we move into the fall. Uh, Typically in the summertime, Dr. Ashwini Kuchner, a biology professor at LU, offers a summer microbiology lab. This year, of course, that was not practical. However, she challenged two students, two honor students, to a microbiology experiment to test the mask, no mask debate. It's so prominent right now. Under Cookner's direction from six feet and with a face shield, the students tested the effectiveness of different kinds of face masks, a surgical mask, a homemade cloth mask, a face shield, and N95 mask. The students then talked, coughed, and sneezed on a plate without a mask. They then repeated their action four times by talking while wearing the four different types of masks. The results revealed an alarming number of microbes and germs transmitted to the plates without a mask, and an absence of bacteria transmitted when masks were worn. The students evaluated bacteria and measured and grew the bacteria, um, which is really great for them and all that. But what's most interesting, I thought, and most relevant during this time, is the apparent prevention of germ spread when wearing any kind of mask. So, pretty, pretty interesting, relevant uh, study. Uh, despite the pandemic, of course, social, uh, social distancing and, and mask wearing research continues at Lamar University. Uh, Dr. Kuchner is not the only one involved in research. One study has launched that could have a major impact on Southeast Texas. And Lee Hasselbach, the Chair and Professor of the Department of Civil Engineering at Lamar University's College of Engineering, is the project team leader for the Southeast Texas Flood Coordination Study. It's a collaborative project designed to help the region improve its resiliency during large-scale flooding events. And we've got Dr. Hasselbach with us today. Uh, Doctor, welcome. Well, uh, good morning. Thanks for joining us. Um, study is um, getting a lot of attention across our area, um, and I and I want to explain the details, but first I want to talk about you. Um, when I first came to Lamar, um, I don't know, almost two years ago now, um, you were one of the first people I met, and I found you so fascinating, not only because of your background and what you do, um, but also because you were wearing concrete earrings, and I'll, I'll never forget, uh, you know a woman wearing concrete earrings. That makes you pretty interesting. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I forgot. they were a little bit heavy, so I have them put away. I don't wear them that often anymore. But <laughs> uh, yes, that was really sweet that my son-in-law got me uh, those concrete earrings.
0: Pretty cool, so. and they, they, they work so well with, with what you do, with what you do, and uh, kind
1: of define you. So, how long have you been at LU? So I have been here. It'll be four years come November. And, and, and just to tell you about the concrete is uh, I'm actually an environmental professor, but concrete is the most used substance by humans other than water and obviously breathing air uh, in the world. Uh, and so oh, with that, um, it, it's sort of important to understand um, all the environmental issues and the environmental benefits that you can get from that most used material in the world. So that, hence the concrete earrings.
0: Got it, got it. So what was your path to becoming a, a cardinal? Where so you- I
1: actually have a, a I've had uh, several careers. I actually worked as a practicing engineer for almost 20 years, starting in some oil companies and chemical companies, but eventually starting my own consulting firm in uh, the New York, Connecticut area that basically did, did land development mainly for gas stations and fast food restaurants. Um, And so I learned how to work on the land, and my passion was um, to clean stormwater eventually to keep our our waters, our beautiful sounds, and our, our rivers and our gulfs. Uh, clean. And that is what I had wanted to focus on. So years later, um, I went back to school and got the environmental doctorate overlay so that you can Mm -hmm. say I I took construction and I took environment and I melded them together. And that's what we call sustainable development now. It didn't really have that term when I started, but that's what most universities are starting to focus on in the last two decades on it. So then in in the early uh, 2000s, I started as an, well, I lectured at Yale, but then as an assistant professor at South Carolina and then associate professor eventually full at Washington State and here at Lamar University. And in each case, I brought or developed courses in sustainable development um, for the different programs. And I developed research in it too.
0: And, And is that what you teach at Lamar? What do you teach at Lamar?
1: So I do. Undergrad here, I teach Intro to Environmental Engineering, which 50 years ago was sanitary engineering, cleaning water and wastewater. And that's still there, but it also reaches out to what we put into our waterways and how we can um, better look at the entire environment, you know, not just from our water and wastewater strictly for the human consumption, but also how it affects the environment. And then I, I, I have a I have several graduate courses that I teach. One is on green engineering, what you would call the green building movement, they, um, the healthier buildings. Uh, and I wrote a textbook on that. And then I have um, a more advanced one, in environmental life cycle assessment, where, you know, just look at, you know, what it, may, it took to make a product, but also how you use it or your building and, and the energy uses and all, and then what you do with it at the end of life. Uh, In addition, I've been helping the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers develop a course in, they call it Engineering with Nature. It's a huge national program they do for when they do like surge protection and other coastal type of projects. They like to see if they can merge an environmentally natural component to it, like using oyster reefs for surge protection. And then a lot of the marshes and things like that. And um, they do teach it some at um, uh, A&M on Galveston Island, you know, the Aggies by the sea, but I think we're the first uh, civil engineering department in the country to have the Corps actually teach that course on a graduate level.
0: Wow, that's really exciting for Lamar, and it's it's great to have you here. I would think that Southeast Texas would be a prime location um, for your type of work.
1: Well, yeah, so when I came and interviewed here, it was March, <laughs> and, and <laughs> In 2000, and see, I guess 2016. And, and as I left on the airplane, they closed down I 10 from flooding. And I just said, <laughs> Boy, I hope I get the job there because uh, that's really where I should be. Uh, anyway, so I'm here. And you know, since I've been here, I 10 has been shut down three more times because of flooding. And, um, my specialty is more of how how we build so that we have less we contribute less to flooding, not so much the large um, flood control things like dams and, and other diversions. Uh, but they all go together because it's all the land and, and whatever. And when you say this is the right place after I came, you know, we're number one. We've had the most rain ever recorded in the United States since they started recording in the 1880s. And then wow. we, we think we've had the fastest a 12-hour uh, storm, which was during Amelda, And so with those challenges, you know, it's, it's sort of fun to see if we can all, all work together and make some solutions.
0: And that's really what the Southeast Texas Flood Coordination Study is about, correct? I mean, did you st- start the study? How did, how did all this come about?
1: Well, basically, I got contacted by one of the top uh, hydrologists researchers in the country and said, hey, you know, like, you get the most rain there. <laughs> and And you have all these problems it's not it 's not just storm surge, so you have storm surge from hurricanes, then you have river flooding, and then you get more rain than anybody else mm. uh, and and, mm-hmm. and and a lot of people want to study um, so the best thing is if if you know the region can set up a hub here so that um, it it can be resource for them to help here and then maybe um, set up protocols for the rest of the country so our, our study is, I call it a data collaborative or, and a communication collaborative. So in other words, the intention is to have all the different players be able to talk together on a regular basis, share information, find what's missing, um, update the data that's missing, and then um, make it easy for the researchers and the Corps of Engineers and the National Weather Service and the U.S. Geological Survey to get data that they need for prediction for um, modeling and the drainage districts and all to get the data that they need to make the best decisions for um, perhaps some mitigation techniques. And that's that's our intent. Uh, It's sort of a a unique concept because universities Uh tend to have like an extension where they do research and then they extend it to the community. And instead, we're taking the rich sets of data from the community and bringing it back to the universities and the federal and state agencies.
0: Okay, got it. Now, now, if I understand this correctly, this would be for 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 mitigating um, prior to. I mean, we're we're trying to prevent flooding, right? So, as we go to build buildings, building,
1: this study would help us. It, the the study is is to make the data available and enrich the data and the communication so people who are working on mitigation projects. Um, And they have huge drainage districts and the river authorities and all that that are working on that and the cities and counties um, so that they have better information to make better informed decisions to use the funds that they get. That's one. The two is to be better prepared when a storm's coming because you have some better idea of what might happen because you have um, very robust historical data readily available. Then during response, so a huge portion of our effort is, is response. We just held a Homeland Security Exercise Evaluation Program exercise with the Texas Department of Emergency Management. We had uh, emergency managers and flood people all all together talking about, well, what can you use to help here? We could get that mm-hmm. out of you and, and the thing. So... You have to understand during response, they'll need to know pretty quickly what what roads are flooded, how can we get in there, how can we do resources. And then hopefully in the future, this will help with recovery efforts too. Um, So it's sort of a four-pronged approach. Got it.
0: Uh, Leave. a lot of people are getting involved in this, and, and we're going to start to wrap up here. We're running out of time, but but um, I know that the uh, River Authority, the uh, Lower Nature um, Valley Authority, all of those groups are participating. How many groups do you have participating in this, or do you even know? I mean, there's so many.
1: There it, it, it is a truly one of the most eclectic groups uh, that that you've ever seen. <laughs> I, I just want to say that um, in between University of Texas and and Lamar's contributions, we also have actual kick kickoff funding from the Center for Port Management, the Lower Natchez Valley Authority and the Sabine River Authority, and we're very appreciative of that. It's helping us to be able to start drafting applications to get grant funding to make this a, a long-term effort if we can. But we have, we have federal agencies, U.S. Geological Survey, National Weather Service, U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, they're all participating. Homeland Security is, is keeping an eye on us statewide. We're Department of Emergency Management, Department Department of Public Safety, Texas Department of Transportation. We have the GLO um, participating. We have the Texas Water Development Board participating. We even have Oak Ridge National Lab participating from all the way from Tennessee. Um, and then regionally, we have all eight counties uh, down here uh, the lower ones, Jefferson, Chambers, and Orange, and then going Orange. up Harden and, and whatnot. So, um, and the judges of all eight counties are very uh, supportive of our efforts, so we've been amazed at the support we've gotten.
0: It's fantastic that we're all coming together on this flood issue because it has just had such a, a huge and horrible impact on us. And we look forward to this study. What's the, real quickly? What's the time frame? When are we going to start to see
1: some some information about this? I look at it as a, a five-year effort to be mature okay. and become an established center. But we already have some things happening. See, I mean, from the exercises we're doing, people are sharing information that they didn't know was available so that if something happens, if we have a flood event this fall, you know, it's more readily available to get this type of information. Um, and then we're hoping with some of the grant applications we have in to have something very robust. What's really exciting is the U.S. Geological Survey got uh, a federal appropriation to make the best elevation data set for the three downstream counties counties. counties right here as a pilot for the country so within the year we will have the best elevation data really of almost any place in the country and it's being led right here
0: by lamar university fantastic um dr hasselbach we appreciate all of the information and everything you do for lamar university thank you so much oh bye bye shelley Bye-bye. Thank you. And thank you for listening to the LU Moment. I'm Shelley Vitanza, the Director of Public Affairs at Lamar University. We will see you next week.